you all hear me? Okay. So if you came in late, we just want to um, review again that today's service is a little special, a little unique, rather, where we will have a panel presentation um, as the message. And the primary um, speakers for the panel presentation will be Anderson and, my, and myself. Um, and these other two guys are, are here. They, I'm not sure if they'll um, say anything. They're welcome to, but they're here as representatives of some of our church leaders. Uh, we also have um, some of our ladies that also help lead. Um, these men represent the elders in other areas of church leadership. So, um, <laughs> see that that's that's our church. We just clap for everything. <laughs> amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> we like it though. We like it though. <laughs> keep it up. Keep it up. Um, as you know, as Anderson mentioned in his announcements, we've been going through the book of Nehemiah. And our purpose of going through the book of Nehemiah, for those that have been visiting and haven't had a chance to go through this series with us, is for us to get a strategy of how to rebuild or build broken communities and restore or rebuild broken lives in our radius, in our community through Radius Church. The purpose of the book of Nehemiah is just that. God gave Nehemiah, who was a politician, who was a governor, guidance on how to restore a broken community. However, God made it clear to Nehemiah that my strategy that I'm going to, get, going to give to you is a strategy to first restore the people back to their creator. That there is a disconnect from their creator and their God. So I want you, Nehemiah, to lead the people not only and how to restore their physical broken conditions, their social and emotional conditions, their financial conditions, but also help them to understand that they need to restore their relationship with their creator. So we ended the book of Nehemiah last week, and if you remember, just like throughout the scriptures and in our lives, God gives us a guide to restore our broken lives, but we tend to go back to our old ways. And that was the conclusion of Nehemiah. Although God had given them a guide to restore their lives, to restore their relationship with him, the end of Nehemiah shows the people forgetting almost immediately. It didn't take them long to forget all the instructions that God had given them to restore their relationship with him and to restore their lives. So Nehemiah had a prayer at the end of Nehemiah, the last chapter, 13, chapter 13 and verse 14. He said, Lord, please do not allow this instruction that I've given the children of Israel to go in vain. And God answered that prayer in a couple of ways. The book of Nehemiah was written and we have instruction. But number two, the Lord Jesus Christ came for the Jewish people and he revealed himself through the Jewish people so that we all could be impacted. God answered Nehemiah's prayer 
through sending his son, Jesus Christ. And when Jesus showed up on the scene, excuse the cracking of my voice, guess what? The people were broken and they were disconnected from their God. And so what Jesus did is he gave them a guide. Not only were the people broken in Acts, the history of the church, the book of Acts, but they let Jesus know about it. His followers, when Jesus was revealing himself, asked Jesus a question. He says, when are you going to restore our people? This was Jesus's answer right here. And that was their question. And some of you, I'm sure, are always asking, God, when are you going to restore my situation? How long must I suffer? Even as Christians. And throughout the scripture, when people would bring to Jesus their problems, after he delivered them, after he revealed himself, he would give them their life mission statement. And it always came in the form of something like this in Acts 1. Jesus says, now that I have revealed myself and delivered you, I want you to be a witness for me. Not just only be a good person, but I want people to know why you're a good person. I want people to know why you have been restored. If you follow Jesus Christ here today in this congregation, this is one of your life mission statements given through our Lord Jesus Christ. Then he gives them another mission statement that connects with his first statement to them. He says, I want you to be a witness, but when people know about why you are such a great person and why you're living the life you're living, then I want you to teach them all the things that I taught you. I want you to mentor them or make disciples. I don't want you to just go to a Sunday service every week and then live your life without understanding this mission. So our purpose here at Radius Church has been and always will be to remind each other of what real church really should look like. If you don't have leaders that are teaching you the word of God and how to live the Christian life, they are not doing what Jesus designed for them to do. So that is our mission. The mission of Radius Church is to make disciples, to help people in the struggles of their lives. But once you come to us and you need your light bill paid, that's cool. Once you come to us and you need counseling about a relational condition, nothing wrong with that. That's why we're here. God is encouraging us to also disciple you so that you can do it for somebody else in his name. 
if the cycle of your church involvement over your lifetime never involves maturing to the point where you are serving someone else in Jesus' name, not just being a good person, then you have not understood your life purpose when God called you to serve him. And as you see in our mission statement, we also seek to model ethnic and socioeconomic diversity. Now, moving forth, and we're going to talk about this today with Anderson, here is our goal for Radius Church for the next few years that we pray that God does. We have a small core team a core team of people that are serving our community through Radius and an organization called the Dream Center, where we're trying to help people in Jesus' name, and we're trying to help them in their personal lives, but ultimately to know him. But we need a core team. We need people who God has also called them to partner with us, so we are working together to reach people in our community. It always might start with some of you. You might want this, but you might need to be discipled yourself. So the first thing we want to do is disciple you to prepare you to join our core team so that you can help us disciple others. We have established at Radius Church that we are not ready to serve 200 or more people. We still need to focus on a core group of people that can help us serve more people. That's where we are, and that's where we will stay until more people that are visiting us, like some of you, grow up to the point where you can help us serve more. Does that make sense so far? Am I missing anything, my brothers in the flow? So we have to establish a core team at Radius Church, and here's what a core team is. It's Christians who have committed to using their gifts to help build Radius Church as a local church by committing to progressing through our connection and growth system. If you are not sure if you're a Christian, if you're visiting, if you're figuring this thing out, keep coming. We love you. You're just visiting. But if you are somebody who you know you're a Christian, but you just, you're disconnected, you haven't figured out where you're serving, we're asking you to prayerfully consider joining our core team. You're a Christian, but you are not connected and you are not unified in our mission. Does that make sense? Okay. Now I'm going to turn it over to Anderson. All right. So I'm going to be talking about a few things. Number one, Radius Ministries and the needs. And also, how do you get connected within the church and through our assimilation process? So if you guys remember in the beginning of our study with Nehemiah in chapter two, we talked about how... Nehemiah had the heart of God, and he was sent to go out and to build community. So when he got there, he observed who was there and what was going on throughout the community before he brought people together. And so that's one of the things we've been doing for the past few years as elders is seeing who's coming in and out of Radius Church, what's going on, and how do we ultimately build unity within the church so throughout our ministry, we know we have traditional things that people expect when they come to church. And if you go to the next slide. So we have a few ministry areas that we have. 
So we have the communication. So when individuals walk in the church, they expect somebody to say something, right? So usually it's me, the tall guy. So I usually <laughs> communicate information from uh, the church of what's going on and how people can stay connected. You usually fill out a communication card. You'll get an email once a week. Uh, there's hospitality. There's different ways to, to see that. When you walk in, someone is greeting you, saying hi. We try to have different events for people to gather and break bread with one another, if it's through a, a mealtime or different events. We also have children's ministry, which is one of our, our biggest needs here at Radius. And that is from the ages of zero, five. And also what we want to do long term is serve middle school and high school. Because as you see, there's a lot of kids that are in the building that sometimes they don't want to be next to their parents, right? <laughs> if we want to be honest, they want to be around their peers and learning and growing through God that way. So we want to be able to have a, a ministry like that for the children so that they can learn and grow. Oh, let me get to my phone. We also have facilities. So if you're passionate about building the facility, uh, maintaining, this could be from mopping, putting the chairs out, uh, making sure that the lights work. If you're passionate about that, that's another ministry area that we have. We have a life group. So this is very important. Traditionally, you, you will read Bible study, but we call this life because we want people to have life with one another. And when you think about educators who are trying to educate their, their students, it's hard to educate a student when they're hungry, when they're going through different dramas, when they can't pay their bills. They just saw their mom or dad getting into a fight. Kids, kids are not trying to learn because they have all of these different social issues that they have to deal with. And that's same with the body of Christ. It's hard to really focus on God when individuals have all of these different challenges. So as we're trying to learn about God, we're also trying to have life with one another. So in October, you'll see a few slides later that we're going to have a small Bible study group here at church. Um, it will be from 630 all the way to 8. And there's different segments where we'll come down here intentionally. We'll pray for those that are, are able to pray and that have the time. Then we'll get into small Bible study groups where the women will go together and the men will go together. Then we'll all come back together. And the kind of the focus is going to be on healthy relationships. So this impacts each and every single one of us. If you're in a marriage or if you're single or if you're looking to get in a relationship, what does a healthy relationship look like with God at the head and the forefront? Right. So that's very important for each and every single one of us. And kind of there's an expectations when we have these different events. We really want people to be committed and not to see these ministry areas as, oh, there's another thing that I have to do, right? Because there's times that some may feel that way, like, oh, I got to go to another Bible study or I have to go do this. And you're not doing this for us, right? When Nehemiah went to go build the kingdom, it wasn't for himself. It's because he had a heart out for God, right? So where is your heart at? Is God calling you to be in one of these ministry areas? And how do you give him the glory with, with everything that you do? And again, not to see these ministry areas as another thing that you have to do or, or check in the box, but it's something that you got to have passion for and purpose. And, and in these ministry areas, we have, again, a lot of different needs, um, specifically in the children's ministry area. If you feel that God is calling you uh, to be involved with that. There's ways for you to get connected. We have an assimilation process, or as we call it, a get connected, where you will go through a newcomer's class. And then as you continue to come, we want to put you in areas where, again, that's where your heart is calling you to go. 
if you're an individual who just says, you know, I don't want to deal with children, but I'm real good with money, right? I'm real good with money. I'm passionate about that. <laughs> you can hang out with Ricardo. <laughs> and again, as, as tithe and offering is coming, how do we make sure that we're being good stewards with your tithes and offering? And also we have the Dream Center, which a lot of people don't really know that we have this outreach ministry, but it's a, it's, an, it's a blessing to the community where we're truly serving the community. Again, we're not just trying to serve ourselves, but we're out trying to build communities, really trying to restore the people in our radius. So there's a variety of different opportunities to get involved, not only within the church, but also connected with the church, the Dream Center. So these are all traditional things that we have, but here's the challenge. Everyone expects us to have all of these things running, functioning smoothly, that I can just be able to walk down the stairs, lift my hands up, praise, and just go, right? But that's not reality. If you looked at the few slides before, God has called each and every single one of us to go out and build disciples, right? He didn't say go and just sit on the pew or sit in the chair and just lift your hands up. There's a season for that. But after that, God wants you to get up and get into the battle, right? He wants you to serve and serve in a meaningful way where ultimately you're doing what he called you to do. Here's a question. Do you know what God has called you to do today? Just think about that. Right. From birth to now, for some of you who are able to process that from birth to now, he has given you a specific skill set, a specific gift. And are you using that? And as we see again in Nehemiah chapter two, they had everything that they needed to build the kingdom. Right. They had everything that they needed. But the challenge was everyone had their own desires. Everyone was on their own mission and they weren't unified and this is something that, again, we see and we observe, and many of you observe that as we try to be unified, people still have their own agenda. And what we're trying to do is really put all of us together collectively, because when we're unified, we can do some amazing things for God's kingdom. But the devil doesn't want that. And we have to make him a liar from now on and as we're moving forward. And I, and I just want to add to what Anderson says about gift, gifts. Some of you may look up there and say, I don't know if what I'm passionate about fits into any of those categories. And that's okay. If you speak with us, you may be surprised that the gift that God has given you very well may fit into one of those categories. You just don't realize it. Or it may be that your gift is a little bit outside of that category. And if God has called you here, we still want to use it. And then um, thirdly, you just may not know. And you don't have to feel rushed. And that's what that discipleship process is for, for us to help you grow, pray with you so that God can reveal to you how you're supposed to be serving in his local church. Now, Jesus gave us a mission statement. He gave a mission statement to his disciples in Acts and in Matthew. But then in the epistles that we call them, those little small books in the New Testament, this gives us practical instruction on how that's supposed to work in a local church context. Jesus made the statement to his disciples. He says, I'm going to build my church. How was he going to build his church? They realized over time that it was through them. And Jesus called it a church. And at that time in the New Testament era, the word church wasn't necessarily a Christian-only thing that we know it today. The word church was really a community of people who came together for purpose. 
And Jesus says, I want to have a church that's under the name of Jesus Christ. And a church, as most of you know, is not a building, but it is a community of people who are unified in a purpose. And that purpose is to help other people become more like Jesus and do all that he taught them to do or taught you to do or me to do so that we can teach others. But we are organized. We have to be organized. Church is not just some random thing that you come to. It has to be organized in purpose with structure to really make a practical impact, a real life impact. So therefore, we have to be organized. The church got organized. And what the apostles taught the people, God's people, the church, is that what happens is that God gives people like me a teacher or a pastor or a elder or guys like this to equip people that have regular jobs but they're Christians to do the work of the ministry. What is the work of the ministry? The work of the ministry is the gifts that God has given you to help one another. That's the work of the ministry, one another, each other, helping each other in real life, helping each other to know Christ. If you look at church as just the paid people to do it, it, it's not the way it should work. That's why if you're not careful, ministers can misrepresent the Bible and the church, and then it could be about them, and they can try to make a lot of money. When really the apostles just served, they didn't ask for stuff. Now, people gave them a little bit so that they had some free time to pray. It wasn't about being a full-time minister. It was about helping the people be community. So that is the way it should look. And you need to keep praying and know this for yourself. Because the question isn't, what am I going to do at Anderson's church? The question is, is this your church? Jesus says, all authority has been given to me, not Anderson or me or any of these guys. It's not our church. If you are, if you are that Christian or that person that's coming to a church and you're thinking, oh, that's their church, you misunderstand church. God is asking you, where have I assigned you to serve? Where is your church, our church, not our ministry up here? Then he gave instructions of some of the key things we need to think about to be a healthy church. Number one, we have to have unity and understanding of Jesus Christ, unity and doctrine and teaching. If you don't have unity in understanding who Jesus Christ is and there's people causing disunity, you can't function healthy. So the first thing we have to do is have a core team who are unified so that we are not tossed to and fro by all kinds of deception and deceptive people or deceptive teaching. Then after we are unified, then we have to help people understand that's so important in today's culture, that we have to teach the truth in love. We are living increasingly in an anti-Christian culture. If you are not paying attention to politics, you better wait, you gotta open your eyes because it's gonna become very difficult for you and your future children, if you are a young person, you don't have children yet, to be a Christian and you're gonna need people. You're gonna need Christian people to encourage you. 
but we have to speak the truth in love. And I, when we do that, what happens is when the body is healthy, you grow each other up. It just kind of happens naturally, so to speak. The body grows itself up. How are, is Radius going to grow? Through one another, not through the pastor. Now, we can have church every Sunday through a pastor and some singers. You can show up and we can shout every, shout every week. But, but, you, but, in, but three years from now, you will still be confused about what the pastor is talking about. You just shouting because you have not grown. And that's typically what a lot of us are used to. It's my pastor. That's what he said. But you don't know the word for yourself. Because the church is unhealthy. Because it's about a man or a woman who gets the glory rather than truly the body of Christ growing up to maturity. For many of you, this sounds foreign because you have been caught up in traditional church and it's become tradition without truth. So how do we get connected here at Radius Church? So there's a variety of different ways. And here's kind of our get connected system that we use where if you're in the community, let's just say you have a relationship with someone, that is one way that you can get them here inside the building, right? You can connect with them through work, or if we have different social or gathering events, which leads us to praise and worship. After they come for a few weeks, we try to reach out to them and say, okay, do you want to attend the newcomers class? So that way you can learn about who we are as a church kind of our mission, our vision, and to make sure that we're all on the same page because you still can go to a church and you're disconnected from who they are and what they stand for. So do you know what Radius Church stands for? You come every Sunday. Do you know what we believe? If not, you got to attend the newcomers class. So that way you make sure, as the pastor was saying, that we're preaching the right thing that's aligning with the word and not with what we just feel. And once you get to the newcomers class, what we want to do and what we're trying to put in place is to have those small life Bible study groups in place. So that way, once you know who you are and who we are as a church and there's alignment, we can put you in a small group. So if it's all the, all the women together, if it's all the men together, if it's all the college kids together, we want to have intentional small groups where people can have life together. Again, because we all go through different challenges outside of church. And when you go through those challenges, who can you call? Are you calling someone who's in the world or can you call one of your Christian brothers and sisters to give you encouragement with what the word says? And one of the things that we talk about a lot is sometimes we hang out with people in the world more than we do with people in the body of Christ. And, and, and life is too short. You got to really consider, OK, who am I connecting with? Who's helping me to grow? And again, some of us are hanging out with people because we like them versus hanging out with people because they can get us to where we need to be in life. And if you remember in chapter 12 of Nehemiah, they were unified on purpose, right? And their praise and worship got them to the top. You got to look at who's in your circle and make sure that these are people who are truly brothers and sisters of Christ that can truly sharpen you. I'm not saying you can't have uh, friends, but you want to make sure you're spiritually strong, right? You can't give your time and energy to both, to people who are not in Christ and people who are in Christ because somebody's going to suck all your energy away. So once we get you in a small Bible study group, you're learning, you're developing, we want to get you into the ministry areas, as you saw earlier in those few slides. We want to get you serving, right? Not just in the chairs, but serving others. Again, life is not about ourselves, and sometimes I reflect and process, what if Jesus would have said, you know what, God, I'm not going to the cross today. That ain't for me. 
For what do you guys remember what he said? Not my will, Lord, but your will be done, right? It wasn't about him. He got up and he went out to serve others. So we want to get you guys to be serving. And then eventually we do know we have some individuals who are going to be like the ministry leaders. These are both men and women who will be overseeing either the communication, uh, the meal prep, the hospitality. And what you don't see right now is also the women that are part of our organization or the church that are serving, right, that are our leaders in the church. But we have both, both male and women, and we have small Bible study groups for the women as well. So that way, again, we're all sharpening each other. So if you go to the next slide, uh, it talks about our, our newcomers class. So this will be on the third Sunday of the month, and it will be right after church. So to be a newcomers, we'll be able to identify you and or if you're an individual who says, you know what, I want to make Radius Church my home, we'll, we'll get in contact, you and I. And ultimately, we want to get you to go through this newcomer class so, again, you know who you are, you know who we are as a church, you believe what we believe in, and then eventually we can get you into a small Bible study group. So the small Bible study group, which is the next slide, that is going to be... Nope. So the sign up will be October the 6th. We'll have a sign up sheet uh, in the back and the next class will be November 16th. Again, it will be right at the church and I'll be communicating that on, on Sunday. So next Sunday I'll be communicating that. So if you kind of didn't remember what I said next week, hopefully we'll make the connection again. But ultimately, we want everyone to go to a newcomer class if you haven't so that we can get you to this right here, a small Bible study group which is our life group, and that's going to be October the 23rd to November the 20th. It's going to be on Wednesdays right here. We'll come in, and it'll start at 6.30 where we'll start with prayer. Um, so we'll all meet just as a body. We'll be unified. We'll go to the next floor. Uh, but someone will be down here waiting for everyone to come. We'll go upstairs. We'll pray together. We'll celebrate, uh, and then we'll get into our small Bible study groups. We'll have a sign-up sheet in the back, and I think this is very important, too. We want people who are committed and who are committed to the five weeks. Um, and if you miss one week, that's fine, but we don't want you to continue to miss three or four weeks because if it's important to you, you'll make time for it, right? If it's not, you'll make an excuse where I, I got I to watch my favorite TV show. It's like, okay, is that more important than God right now? And if we're truly trying to grow as a body, we truly have to come collectively and, and committed for this mission right here. We'll have a sign-up sheet in the back, and the sign-up sheet is for not only for us to know who's going to come so we can communicate, but it's also for us to purchase uh, the right amount of books. So the books that we'll have, these are very small, short books that you can go home and read. They'll be $10, but if you can't afford the $10, we don't want that to be a burden. Uh, still sign your name up, and the book will be yours, but when that book is yours, we, we expect you to be attending uh, the Bible studies. Again, it takes all of us to learn and grow and to build what God is trying to do like Nehemiah. It's not the four of us or the 10 of us that are like core. It's each and every single one of you who feel that Radius Church is your church, right? It takes each and every single one of us. And not to say that we won't go through challenges and uh, things that will try to penetrate us, but when we're strong as, as a unit, I know I can call Raquel if I'm going through something, or I know I can call Brother Johnson if I'm going through something. We want to make sure that when you're building life, you really have someone in here that you can build life with. Amen? And I want to add to what Anderson's saying here. If, if there's some of you that can't make 
a day or time that we've set up for a small group or a discipleship and you really can't make it but you want to grow, speak to us privately because then that's when we will prayerfully try to figure out how we can help you grow um, outside of these scheduled times um, if we can make that work. So as we begin to end, there's a few things that we want you to think about. Are we communicating with you? Are you currently signed up to get uh, a newsletter? We also want to know where are you at in the assimilation process, that connection process that you saw earlier, that visual. We want to make sure, again, that each and every single one of you, when you walk down those stairs and you're constantly coming, that you're part of Radius Church, that you're growing with us. But we can't do that unless you're communicating with us. There's so many things that are going on behind the scenes that people are just not aware of. And things fall through the crack, but we don't want that to happen. So if someone is not communicating with you or calling you, don't, don't, don't judge our hearts. Just know that we truly do care about you and we want to find ways to communicate with you. But sometimes, as we say, you just got to be in the same lane as us, right? And we want to make sure that each and every single one of us are in the same lane. We're in the same direction of building God's kingdom. And after this, if you're an individual that's saying, you know what? I want to be involved. I want to get more connected. I want to, you know, figure out what my spiritual gift is. We'll be in the back and you can just interact with us and talk with us. But kind of the big picture, again, we want every single individual in here who feels that God is calling you to Radius Church to get involved, to feel like a, a family in here, that you're not alone. And that's very important because sometimes we feel that we're alone in this walk and you're not. And we don't want the enemy to beat you up. And we, we want to do everything in our power to, to grow with you and build Radius Church. So um, a couple reminders and recaps going to conclude here and end out in worship. Um, if you have more questions or if you are not being connected with, like you're not getting the emails or nobody has called you and you feel like nobody's reached out to me to help me think about going through this system or getting connected with Radius, we'll be at the back table and you can approach us and we'll figure it out together. Next, Radius is going to start a new series starting next Sunday. Um, and we're going to continue and help in our focus on building core team. We're going to talk about the biblical guide for relationships and how that connects to you as a Christian in the church. We all have many different relationships. Some of us are dating, dating relationships. Some of us have children and families. Um, sometimes we're not sure how church connects with work. Sometimes we're not sure how church connects with non-Christians. Sometimes we don't know what's going on in our marriages. If we are with someone in a marriage and they're not a Christian and we are a Christian, um, sometimes we don't know if we're dating someone and they're not a Christian, what should I do? There's so many questions about our relationships and how it connects to God's plan that we want to clear that up through God's word as Jesus is the authority so that it'll give you something to think about. It'll be your choice at the end of the day what you do with God's word. And then be, through the Bible studies and the study guides, you can go back for yourself and look at those scriptures and look at the Bible and, make, and, and come to the right conclusions between you and God and yourself. If you are not able to make the Bible studies, and, but you're just coming to Sunday service and you want a study guide, <laughs> let us know. We'll sign you up for one and get you one for your personal study. 
So we just pray that God will continue to give you wisdom and guidance as we try to build our core team for Radius and add you prayerfully to the core team if you're interested. And then finally, again, if you're just visiting, don't feel pressured by this panel discussion. Keep coming, keep showing up, and let the Lord work on your heart to give you clarity for what he wants for you. Uh, one thing, Pastor. <laughs> First of all, you had your mouth open. Like, that was nasty. <laughs> I just want to reiterate about the uh, small group. So this summer, we did first men small group. So it was Isaiah, Javen, your hand. Tim and Will, is, I think, went upstairs. So, you know, you learn a lot about people that you didn't from a regular Bible study. Isaiah's from Maryland. He likes the Redskins. Sorry. You know, <laughs> praying for you. Tim's from California. Jay's been a missionary child. He's lived in Peru. He's been all over the world. Will's from Cleveland. Nobody's from Dubuque, but God brought us different ages, you know, old to young. Sorry, Tim. I, not me. <laughs> and so, but we still can learn, you know, different walks of life different careers or, you know, careers that are coming, but we can all take something from each other. So I was really apprehensive, like, mm, but people are like, you cooking? Yes, I'm cooking. So <laughs> it was easy to get people to come out, but, you know, we did, we bonded. We went over time sometimes and I had to kick them out, but, you know, it, it was really fruitful. So if you're apprehensive about it, like, I don't want people in my business, I do understand, but once again, it's like anything else. How do you grow a relationship? You know, you kind of start, you meet with people, you'll just be amazed how much you have in common, even if you're not from the same era, not from the same ethnicity, not from the same culture, whatever. Everybody has some common, whether it's struggle, whether it's happiness, whatever it is, and you can learn a lot from each other. And last thing, Lametra, I want you to hold that book up you, that you were writing in. She was taking notes. Notes the whole time. I love that. Keep, keep taking notes. <laughs> Ricardo's a professor, so he's going to scold. Yeah, we, we don't always give him the microphone for a reason. All right. So let, let's pray, and then the, the ladies will come up and help lead us out in uh, praise and worship. Lord, we um, thank you so, so much for you making it clear that all authority has been given to you. Because that most definitely, Lord, takes the focus off of us, because we know we can't do this without you. So, Lord, we um, did all that we could with your guidance to try to make things clear, to give guidance and directions for Radius and the next steps. But, Lord, if there's something that we haven't made clear to somebody, if they still are confused, we just pray, Lord, that you, in your great wisdom, help them understand what you want to do for their life and how you want them to grow and use their gifts for your glory. And hopefully, Lord, and prayerfully through Radius Church or some other local church that you might call them to. Lord, we love you and we thank you and continue to give us wisdom and guidance. In Jesus' name, amen.